Liv Gamble, at 25 years of age, was uh, head of a whole sports department at a school with 1,200 heads. She's an amazing young woman, and she goes through her journey over being um, targeted as a bit of an up-and-coming leader, and the, the additional stress and anxiety that can come with that, and how do you rise up to the occasion. But then also being humble enough in yourself to truly um, accept that actually at this point in time in that role, it's probably not appropriate and maybe a different path for her career trajectory is probably appropriate. So we really unpacked that conversation and what was going through her head. And then also the healing that needs to get done post that experience. Um, so that's where she's at. And she talks about how she manages family and family is just such an amazing rock. And I'm so lucky to know Liv, she's my cousin and I love her so much. So if you're a teacher and someone who works with children and young people a lot, this would be a perfect podcast for you. Liv Gamble, you're here for the Ayan Yarn I am. podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we like starting off these uh, Ayan Yarns with a favourite quote. Love that, okay, yeah. So what's yours? I'd have to say my absolute favourite quote is that without fear, there is no bravery. Without fear, there's no bravery. I like yeah. it, it's simple. Yeah, really simple. Yeah. So you came across it reading a book? Or... Yep, literally, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, reading a book. Um, I can't remember, I think it was a character said it or it was... I think maybe it was a tattoo or something. I can't yeah. remember, but I was like, I loved that quote. And you kind of draw on that every now and then? Yeah, I think so. I think mostly when you're afraid, you kind of feel like if you're actually if you're going to push through, that's where you show your true bravery, you know, rather than, you know, if you're not scared of something, you're not being brave because you're just doing something. Whereas if you're fearful and then you get through it, you're like, wow, that's cool. I was yeah. pretty brave there. So I guess in this kind of world, like, are you, are you like, jumping in and swimming sharks or you know what where does fear come up for you i think it's both like i do love a bit of adventure um because i i like that thrill a little bit but i think sometimes um you know in your everyday life you're afraid of things aren't you even in a social scene or whatever it might be you kind of have a little bit of fear and i think i like falling back on that that you know if you get through something or stick it out you are showing bravery yeah it doesn't have to be the swimming with sharks or jumping out of an airplane even though that's good too, you know, yeah. it's a bit of both. Well, it was cool. We, you know, I had a bit of a yarn earlier today. Yeah. We were filling me in about, um, you know, this recent like 18 months. Yeah. And this kind of this with your career, like, how old are you now? So I'm 27. 27 years old. Yeah. When you were 26, would have been 25. Yeah. You were head of a whole sports department. Yep. That's correct. So what yeah. school is that at? Um, at Santa Maria, which is a local school down in Adderdale. Yeah. And how many students at Santa Maria? So we're a five to 12 school, so we've got 1,200 kids. 1,200 yeah. kids. Yeah. And you're head of sport. Head of sport, yeah. Far out. So what kind of things were you doing day to day? So day to day, it's looking after all the co-curricular sports. So obviously we're part of the IGSA system. So we play all the schools around here, you know, St Hilda's, PLC, MLC, we play them. So I'm organising all the fixtures for sport and buses and venues. Wow. Um, probably some of the bigger events I did were the carnivals because those are literally organising carnival for 1,200 kids and about 200 staff and oh, I'm in right. charge of it. So, been a big job, that's yeah. for sure. And I guess it's kind of you get in, you've, you're into your sixth year now. Huh? Yep. And that means you just saw your first wave of kids go from year seven? Year yeah, six. yeah, we had a chat about that. So I had, we have a homeroom at Santa Maria, so it's a big part of the community. So I was looked after them since they were year seven. Um, literally, so year seven, Delahoyd is my house, and I had them their whole throughout the whole high school, and they've just graduated a month ago. Wow. So it's pretty weird, and they get wet their waste results in a, in a few days. So, uh, and yeah. so with these, how many how many 
feels quite an intimate group of girls. Yep, so finish with 23, kind of yep. fluctuated. No kids come and go, but finish with 23. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yep. And so in that role, what kind of is the role, that, what hat do you wear? So homeroom teacher is complete partial care role. That's your main job. Like you start, we start with 10 minutes in the morning. Yep. So, you, you know, do a prayer and read out the daily notices. But then because you see them every day, partial care for us is huge. So, you know, tracking kids, how they're doing, having those conversations. You do a bit of academic tracking as well, like how their results going. Right. So it's kind of, you just form a relationship with them. I guess you're their point of contact if they need something or have problems or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, right. And what kind of, in that role with partial care, is that quite a common thing? Yeah, partial care is huge at a school. Yeah. Right. And for other schools as well? Yeah. And I think you just don't think about partial care. Mm. Um, and, you know, lots of partial care roles, like a college psychologist or even like usually like a we have deans of year. Yeah. And that's the key partial care role as opposed to the academic role, which might be like a head of department. Right. type role okay. yeah and then so you've got these group of 23 girls can yeah. take a few and then you've got this huge responsibility to organizing these yeah. thousand people events yeah so managing those two things it's uh you know and then you're 25 26 years old you're you know less than 10 years older than these girls are coming through yeah you know it's, it's a lot of stress and pressure hey 100 and that, it's interesting though so when i took over head of sport i wasn't meant to have a homeroom because um, that's you know it's a promotional position, but I actually um, asked to keep one because um, I you know I'd been with them since year seven yeah. and I formed a really strong relation. I reckon that's probably one of the best things I did because it meant that ten minutes in the morning, as you said, I had those two big roles mm -hmm. for ten minutes in the morning. I'm just their homeroom teacher. Okay. We could just have chats, and as they got older into year twelve, we had a bit of banter with them, have a bit of a laugh, even some venting with them because they're you know young women now. Year seven, they're just bombarding you with questions, but you know, when they're a bit older, you can have those conversations. Mm. So it was a bit of a saving grace for me, actually. Oh, great! Yeah, and then it's kind of led into this role like we had a bit of a bit of a you know, getting that responsibility in that uh, you know, I'm kind of learning through you yeah. these different roles you have yeah. in schools. It's not just a teacher, you've got all these partial care and then all these others. So, with the head of um, sports, what was that role kind of the, the doing this was organizing those events, but as opposed to like an academic. Um, uh, role where you're actually creating the curriculum and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And sports, I guess, unique. Uh, the physical education department is unique, and we've got two leadership roles. So you've got your acting head of department, and they we call them head of PE, and they do all the curriculum right. um, and assessments, and they do all the head of department jobs, like right. hiring staff and everything. And a head of sport almost sits underneath that as like a right. two IC, and I run all the staffing for all the sport. So right. I, you know, allocate staff, do the staff rosters for all the different sports and mm. and things like that. So the kind of two jobs that work together but a little bit separate I guess yeah cool. yeah and so you're going through now and, and you know you've done this group of kids who've supported through year six uh, from from year seven up to up to now and then you're probably at a bit of a you know where are you going with your career is this kind of like a lot of people sometimes get a bit itchy oh five years six years at a place do I want to move or am I comfortable where I'm at how have you kind of managed that well, it's funny, if, if we'd have this chat about a year ago, I would have said that the moment I'd finished head of sport, I'd probably going to move elsewhere because it was a maternity leave cover. So she was, there was always a day that she was coming back. And I would have said, no, I want to move on. I want to keep moving upwards. But um, it's been, a, to be honest, this job has been really tough. Like it's been a full on year. So I think about six months ago, I thought, you know, actually, I think, you know, staying at Santa and, and actually enjoying it and just going back to being a teacher again, I am actually really looking forward to because that's the thing about a leadership role is it takes you out of the classroom 
and you do less with the students because you're having to do all the behind the scenes work. Um, so yeah, I think a year ago I was like, yeah, no, I want to move on, keep going, like keep moving up in my career. Whereas now I think it's actually really nice to stay at Santa where it's, I know the job really well and I've got some fantastic relationships with the students and, yeah. and keep that going. And I guess there's also a role like obviously with that increased responsibility comes associated stress, anxiety, yeah. pressure. Yep. to live up to expectations. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, and then kind of obviously there's this degree of humility. Actually, I'm this role that I'm in, I really, why am I being a teacher? And you yep. told me in the past that you, you just love being with the kids. Yeah, I do. And that's probably the hardest thing about this job is it took me out of the classroom right. um, to do all this other stuff. But, you know, being a teacher, I, I love it. It's, I call it my vocation. It's, it's what I'm meant to be doing. I, I just just love it. I love my role and it's because of the students. It's not because of our success in an in, in, in sport or, or what the kids are achieving there, which is fantastic, but mm. it's the relationships you build with those students. Mm. And, you know, I can talk about the girls in my homeroom, those 23 kids that I'd had since the start. Some of those relationships I had with them was so important or helping them because they go through huge life events, you know. Yeah. I had a student who's, um, you know, her parents split up, you know, and that was huge for her and mm. I was able to really, from my past experience, really talk to her about that and help mm. her through it and mm. that meant everything to me, I think. And, you know, or even if you look in a classroom and I teach Year 12 ATAR for PE studies, which is, you know, a really hard subject, but if you're teaching biomechanics and you, you show them something or do a silly example or do a silly diagram on the board and they get it, it's just... You're like, yes, this is why I'm doing this job. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm really looking forward to next year because I can throw myself into the teaching part as opposed to it being that what you know had to get done. Like it was like my last kind of thing that I could do. Yeah, yeah totally. So I guess it's a nice little segue that balance into yep. the iron. So you've got a nice little symmetrical, almost mm-hmm. symmetrical <laughs> thing here with family and sleep being the two real strong areas. Yeah. I think it's holidays now, which probably changed. I reckon, again, if I'd done this a month ago, I reckon it might have been a little yeah. bit different. Um, but since I finished, I've had heaps of family time, which has been so nice. And coming up to Christmas, you know, you're here and lots of the family's coming back. My sister arrives from London tomorrow and I just feel really blessed with that. And I've got a goddaughter and she's three and a half. And since I've been on holidays pretty much every day, I've just been hanging out with her and she's just at this best age. Yeah. And I, I love it because I can be really helpful with her and she knows me so well. So that's been really awesome to have that special time. So I guess that's probably why family is pretty high for me at the moment. Totally. And it is, does it take, you know, family being 8.5, which is really strong. Yeah. Does that shift much or? For me, not really. Mm. I think my family would be right up there. Yeah. And that's been, they're my support circle. My circle's pretty small. I'm very honest about that. Like I keep my circle pretty small. It's with cousins and stuff and mum who I spend heaps of time with. And now my sister lives in Perth and I love that. We kind of just hang out and have family time which I just love. So yeah. I'd, I'd say my family would be right up there, probably yeah. one of my highest all the time, because yeah. it's really important to me. So, yeah. yeah. And then some of these other ones? Yeah. Um, so sleep, as I said, holidays at the moment. So I'm <laughs> trying to catch up on lost sleep at the moment. And I used to fill up my holidays. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I've got to keep busy or I don't want to just have time off and do nothing. And now I'm like, no, Liv, you need to take that time to relax and just plan nothing or just do some stuff just for yourself and, mm. and sleep. Like, sleep is so important, so yeah. yeah. And, and having a good sleep routine. Do you have like a bit of a sleep routine? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I go pretty, pretty early, I'm a bit of a nana sometimes, we wake up pretty early. So yeah, I, 
I read like before I go to bed every night, like right. without fail. Um, so that's a huge wind down time for me. Yeah. So you kind of, you know, get into bed and just read for as long as you kind of feel like, and then you, when you're ready to go to sleep. So I think right. that makes a huge difference. Right, yeah. okay, cool. And what about, so these other ones you got health contribution here around 6.2, 6.3? Yeah, I think health is definitely one that would fluctuate for me. And you know, we can look at health in, there's so many facets of health. Um, but I kind of look at that as a general well-being and I think it's probably a little bit lower for me at the moment because I'm pretty burnt out from work to be honest like it was it takes me a little while to almost recover and it sounds really silly but it, it's it's not like you need that time to actually properly recover mm-hmm. so I can at the moment health and I'd say it's been way lower than that this year mm-hmm. I, I think probably this has probably been one of the toughest years health wise for me not only mental health but also physical well well-being because i think when you're highly stressed it puts a strain in the whole system doesn't it so yeah mm, and you still it's on a bit of upward trend now yeah <clears throat> i like biggest relief so finishing this job mm-hmm. um as i said I always had a time limit on it it's a huge relief for me and i just really want to focus on my health now and got some few um things in mind to to do that over the next little while to really get back to it because same you know you're busy and you're stressed what's the first thing to go exercise I found I just didn't have the time because you're having to be sometimes at school at quarter past six in the morning for swimming training and then you work all day and then you've got exit sport in the afternoon or whatever it's pretty full-on so yeah I'm looking forward to getting back to some exercise and eating healthy and yeah, yeah right and then um, this area of growth like oh, you're reading a lot are these books non-fiction yep. fiction bit of both yeah, yeah a bit of both um, I and it's something I've again got time for now to really focus on and I want to get back to that learning a little bit I've yeah. just signed up to um, you know, learn Noongar language, which I'm really excited about. I found out from a friend that you can do through Curtin University, right. and that's like a bit of my holiday, bit of, you know, an hour a day, have some fun with that. Cause You're up in now, like Karajin. Yeah. Ah, Karajin knowledge, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning a few words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the European feels good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's really, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Learning a bit of knowledge. Yeah. And then, so we had a bit of a conversation as well around, you know, this kind of ab- avenue to, yeah. You know, I feel you're quite self-aware. You've got, oh, you know, you've got these areas that are bigger and areas that you're, you know, are growing. Yeah. At. Um, but then you've also got, you know, your ability. We've had a bit of a conversation bringing this into the classroom a bit. Yeah, and I love it. And we've mentioned partial care, and I just think this could be such a cool thing to use in a partial partial care space. And at Santa Maria, you know, over the last year, probably longer, they've been had a huge um, focus on mental well-being. And I reckon a huge part of that is sharing and, and talking about it. And I think kid, kids are funny sometimes. Some kids will open up to you, mm. um, some kids don't. Or they'll suffer in silence. You know, just the other day I had a kid and she was really not happy. She was almost having a bit of a panic attack. And I was speaking to her friend and her friend, so she hasn't told anyone. And her friend, so that meant that this young girl was great in that she was sharing with her friends which I think is important, but she wasn't then sharing with anyone else and that puts a lot of... As in like yourself? Yeah, so they weren't sharing with anyone. Right. They were just sharing with each other as teenagers and you're like, they're not equipped to necessarily deal with that and it's a lot of you know pressure, a lot of burden on lots of them. Right. Um, so sometimes they're really good at sharing but sometimes they're not and I right. think this could be such a cool way to, I guess, quantify what they're feeling. Mm. And you, you hesitate to put a number on things, but sometimes that number is actually really, really important. Mm. And I think an ion in 
in a homeroom could be so cool. Like yeah. I mentioned to you, like what if you did every Friday? You're like, all right, let's do an eye yarn mm. and just have a bit of a look. And if you notice a bit of a change, I think we spoke about being quite subtle about, you know, checking with that student. You don't have to be like, you got a three. Why did you get a three? But you can be like, mm, actually, like her wheel looks quite different from last week. I wonder what's going on for her and yeah. maybe do some subtle check-ins, like just yeah. a, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, on the side, or maybe you know, if you see trends over the next last three weeks, yeah, this is actually consistently. It's usually at a seven or an eight. Yeah, now it's maybe a four. Yeah, and, and then that could be your catalyst to doing it. But you don't want to be like, you know, the, the helicopter parent and a helicopter. No way. Yeah, and I said to you before, I think the cool thing about Ion is some kids don't want to share. But this is a really cool way for them to. So let's say they're holding on to something like this girl was holding on to, you know, her mental health. She was really struggling, but she wasn't telling anyone. But, mm. you know, what if she goes, you know, what, my eye on, I'm actually going to be really truthful today. You know, that's almost like a reaching out for help, isn't it? And it's a really easy way for them to do that without going, you know, Miss Gamble, I'm really struggling today. Can you help me? That might be hard, but then scoring or, you know, doing a really honest mm. wheel, mm. I think that's really powerful. Well, it's been really interesting. There are a number of schools who've reached out saying they want to launch this for next year yeah. and engage with it um, yeah. throughout their network um, in that kind of performer, then align it with the values, internal teachers, and just kind of offering that solution. So but for next year, we'll certainly have this like bespoke school solution yeah and uh, yeah. I think it'll be cool for staff as well like I spoke, spoke to you about how I struggled with this role and the responsibility but I'm um, you hide it from other staff you don't want to you know I, I wish we were in a world where you could be really clear about mental health but I think that we're not quite there yet but I think this is, could be such a tool to track staff well-being which is proven to be just as important as students like it shouldn't just be student focus what about the staff and and you know keeping track of them but not but just more that I think you write and you call it a check-in. It's, it's not like a, an KPI. assessment. Yeah. yeah, it's not anything. It's just to, to, to so people keep in the loop and how people are going and even knowing baselines, mm. like knowing what people are on an everyday basis and tracking that I think could be really cool. Oh, awesome. Well, we look yeah. forward to uh, seeing your aggregated will. Yeah. For the school, maybe yeah. next year Hope we'll check so. in. We'll do so that. You're at a, so if there was one area of this will that you think you could increase by a decimal placing or something like that, which could increase the overall score, what would it be? And what would you do? Um, I think friends, like for me, I think, because I was so busy, I think I probably stepped away from a lot of friends a little bit. Just You just struggle for time, you're just shattered at the end of the day, and it's kind of, you know, with family, it's different, it's not as much work. Like, I know friends can be that too, but it's a little bit different. Um, so I think I really want to start reaching out back to those friends again that maybe I lost touch with and use my holidays, that's what they're for. So, yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Oh. <laughs>